Let's have a word of prayer. We're going to get started. Lord, thank you so much for Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for this Bible study. Help us now as we get into your word and study it. And Lord, I think that um, this is going to be a really fun time for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that I'm wanting to do in this Bible study is uh, to try and help you all to understand why we're studying the way we're studying. When I make a statement, you know, this means this, this means this. On Sunday mornings, I often don't have time to trace all that down through the Scriptures. This evening, what I want to do is um, just talk about the Babylonian captivity, why it happened, and are the dates in the captivity that are given to us in the Bible significant? And uh, how many of you think that when the Bible gives a date that it's significant? Yeah. So open your Bibles with me to Second Chronicles chapter 36. Second Chronicles chapter 36. And we're going to look at verse 20. So this is the last uh, chapter in the book of Second Chronicles. And what this is giving is kind of an overview of the, uh, the captivity, when they went into captivity and how they got out of it. And it's a, it's a pretty short synopsis of what had happened. Um, so if you look at verse, so Second Chronicles chapter 36, look at verse 20. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to, away to Babylon. So this is Nebuchadnezzar, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. So Babylon conquered Israel and carried them away to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. So there are two concepts that I want you to see. First of all, the reason for the Babylonian captivity and the reason that it was 70 years is because for 490 years they hadn't kept the sabbatical year. And so God is saying to the children of Israel, you owe me 70 and it's a really bad idea to owe God anything, right? And so he got it back. He claimed his 70 years back. That is the purpose of the Babylonian captivity. He is getting his 70 years back. And that took place in 606 B.C. 606 B.C. is when that captivity happened. Now, there are two concepts that you need to be familiar with. One is the servitude of the nation, the servitude of the nation or nations, the servitude of the nations. And then the second is the desolations of Jerusalem. And God prophesies both of these things. So for 70 years, the nation of Israel is going to be a servant of Nebuchadnezzar. That's the servitude of the nations. That's going to last 70 years. But if they don't submit to that servitude then there's going, to be, there's going to be the desolation or the desolations of Jerusalem. Both of those are going to last for 70 years. So it's an interesting thing when you see those. And this is where we have to make sure that our, our understanding of the context is right for us to get that. So the servitude of the nations began in 606 B.C. and it ended in 539 B.C. by Cyrus. And that's 70 years and we have the exact date of the ending of the servitude of the nations. 
the exact date of the servitude of the nations. It ended on uh, July 23rd, 537 B.C. The exact day. The Bible gives us the exact day. We know all of that, and we can trace that down in the Scriptures, and we may do that. But I want to show you a couple of things. Look at So let's look at 2 Chronicles 36. We're going to read verses 20 and 21, and then I'm going to show you something else. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath, to fulfill three score and ten years. Three score and ten years, that's seventy years. So this is saying that we are going to that God is going to make sure that the land is not used for those 70 years. He's going to get his 70 back. Those are those dates. I want you to see something really interesting. Why did God bring Babylon to Jerusalem? Why did God carry the people away? What was the purpose of Babylon? Some, have you ever wondered why God brings something into your life sometimes? It's an interesting thing. I found one of the coolest verses. I couldn't sleep last night, so I got up and studied for a couple of hours. And I found this last night. Look at Habakkuk. And keep your place in Second Chronicles. But we're going to go to Habakkuk. So if you just go to Zechariah and start going backwards, you'll find Habakkuk. So look at Habakkuk chapter 1. So remember, there are pre-exilic prophets. These are prophets that prophesied before the exile. There are exilic prophets. Those are prophets that prophesied during the exile. Then the post-exilic prophets. So the post-prophets are um, Haggai, uh, Zechariah, and Malachi. Habakkuk is before the exile, but he says that it's going to happen. So look at what he says in verse 12. So Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 12. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one? We shall not die. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment. Who is them? This is Babylon. And, and it calls them the Chaldeans. Look at verse 6. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans. But that's, that's the Babylonian empire. Okay? So he says uh, in the middle of verse 12, O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment. And O mighty God... Thou hast established them for correction. Isn't that a really good explanation of what the Babylonian Empire was used by God for? It's just really cool. He was using them for correction. And I love that. He's using them for correction. I want us to look to, to trace this servitude of the nations a little bit and compare it to the desolations of Jerusalem and, and what's going to happen. So go to the book of Jeremiah. Uh, so are you back in 2 Corinthians 36 before you go to Jeremiah? So 2 Chronicles, I mean, 36. So it says in the middle of verse 20, So he carried, carried he away to Babylon where they were servants to him. So this is the servitude of the nation. So God has told the people they're going to be servants. So go to Jeremiah chapter 25. Well, let's go to 27, then we'll go back to 25 so you can see the distinction. 
Jeremiah chapter 27, look at verse 6. And now have I given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. And let me just say this. This Babylonian captivity, it's spoken of in Kings. It's spoken of in Chronicles. It's spoken of in Jeremiah. It's spoken of in, in all of the minor prophets. This was a serious thing. This was a huge thing. And so what's fun is we get information about it from all over the Bible. So again, Jeremiah chapter 27, look at verse 6. And now... Have I given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant? And the beasts of the field have I given him also to serve him. And all nations shall serve him. Do you see how this is the servitude of the nations? And all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the very time of his land come. And then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him. And it shall come to pass that the nation and kingdom which will not serve the same Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and that will not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation will I punish, saith the Lord, with the sword and with the famine and with the pestilence until I have consumed them by his hand. Look at verse 11. But the nations that bring their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him those will I let remain still in their own land, saith the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell therein. So in 606, Israel is overrun. It's captured. But he allows them to stay in the land. He sets up his vassal king. The king then rejects him. Zedekiah, he rejects him. He rebels. And they come for the second siege. Third siege, they take them away. So because they refused the servitude of those nations, because they refused to serve Babylon, well, then their judgment was extended. So it went from the servitude of the nations to the desolations of Jerusalem. Go to chapter 38, Jeremiah chapter 38. Look at verse 17. And if you read the beginning of chapter 27, he lists a whole bunch of nations. You're going to, you're going to serve... As a matter of fact, he told his prophet to give each of them a yoke to send back to each representative from those nations to, to have a yoke sent back to that king and get ready to put this on. That's what he was telling these nations, that you're going to serve Babylon. So Jeremiah chapter 38, let's start reading in verse 17. Then said Jeremiah unto Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, if thou wilt assuredly go forth unto the king of Babylon's princes, then thy soul shall live, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and thou shalt live and thine, and thine house. But if thou wilt not go forth to the king of Babylon's princes, then shall this city be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and thou shalt not escape out of their hand. And Zedekiah the king said unto Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews that are fallen to the Chaldeans, lest they deliver me into their hand, and they mock me. But Jeremiah said, They shall not deliver thee. Obey, I beseech thee, the voice of the Lord which I speak unto thee, so it shall be well unto thee, and thy soul shall live. But if thou refuse to go forth, this is the word that the Lord hath showed me. So what he's saying is, if you'll go, and if you'll just 
be their servant, then you'll be able to stay in the land. The city won't be destroyed. You'll be able to till your own land. But he couldn't do it. He listened to false prophets. He had Uriah killed. They, he, Jeremiah was protected, so Jeremiah wasn't killed. But they, they rebelled, and so what happened? They ended up going into captivity. They died in captivity, many of these people. And that began the desolations of Jerusalem. The desolations of Jerusalem. The desolations of Jerusalem happened in uh, 587 B.C. So that's 19 years later. All right, so you have the Babylonian captivity. It begins in 606 B.C. Now remember, we're counting backwards because it's B.C. And in 587, that's when the desolations of Jerusalem begins. All right, so you have the servitude of the nations. That begins in 606 B.C. And then you have the desolations of Jerusalem, and that begins in uh, 587 B.C. Uh, go to Jeremiah chapter 29. So again, this is the servitude of the nations. They should have listened. Jeremiah 29.10 For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. All right. So after seventy years, a few of them got to come back, but it was still another 19 years before things were accomplished that needed to be accomplished. That's the desolations of Jerusalem. So you have two different issues. The servitude of the nations, that's 70 years. That's from 606 B.C. to 539 B.C. And then from 587 B.C. until 518 B.C., that is the desolations of Jerusalem. Now, I know you're thinking, okay, that's great, Pastor. I promise you, it's going to be worth it. If you stay plugged in with me for a few minutes... It's going to be worth it when you see all of this. So what we have is 70 years of judgment. 70 years of judgment, two times. But they overlapped, all right, with a difference of 19 years between them. Now remember, there's nothing in the Bible by accident. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 4. All right, Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 1. Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile. This is, such a, this is an odd passage. If you've read through this before on your yearly Bible reading, you read through this and you get done and you say, thanks God, that helped me a lot. But there really is some important information here. All right, so Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 1. Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile and lay it before thee. And portray upon it the city, even Jerusalem. Don't you love the way it says portray the spelling of that? That's kind of fun. And lay siege against it. So draw on this tile, the city of Jerusalem, and then lay siege on it. So how many of you have ever seen people who they, they get the army men and they, they do these amazing dioramas of different battles and things? I think that's really cool. Now I don't have the patience to do it. I drive an ice pick through my eye about five minutes into it, you know. But that's what God is telling uh, Ezekiel to do right here. So just lay this tile out 
and then draw a picture of Jerusalem and lay a siege against it, verse 2, and build a fort against it and cast a mount against it, set a camp also against it and set battering rams against it round about. Moreover, take thou unto thee an iron pan and set it for a wall of iron between thee and the city and set thy face against it and it shall be besieged, and thou shalt lay siege against it. This shall be a sign to the house of Israel. Remember, the Jews require a sign, right? How many of you already noticed that? Isn't that a cool thing right there? So this is a sign. Whenever you see God giving a sign to Israel, there's something really important about to happen. All right? So then, look at what he tells them to do here. You ever wondered why God wants you to do something? I'm sure Ezekiel is saying in his, to himself, what? Look at what he says. Verse 4, Lie thou also upon thy left side, and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it, according to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days, 390 days. So 390 days, he's saying, is for 390 years of Israel's iniquity. Do you see that's what's happening in the text? All right. So we have seen before, like in Daniel chapter 9, where you can have weeks, but those weeks are weeks of years. Here, each day represents a year. All right. So we're going to see this in verse, uh, at the end of verse 5. Or put, let's just read verse 5. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days, so shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when thou hast accomplished them, so after you've laid on your side for 390 days, he's going to let them move. He says, And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah. Forty days. I have appointed thee a, each a day for a year. Therefore thou shalt set thy face toward the siege of Jerusalem, and thine arm shall be uncovered, and thou shalt prophesy against it. And behold, I will lay bands upon thee, and thou shalt not turn thee from one side to another till thou hast ended the days of thy siege. So what we have here are 390 days, then another 40 days. So that's 430 days of judgment. 430 days of judgment. We know about the 70 years. Here's another 430 years that God has prophesied will be a judgment. So when the children of Israel go back to Jerusalem, they're still under the times of the Gentiles. They're under the times of the Gentiles. So even though they go back to Jerusalem, they're still under the reign of Cyrus. Then Darius allows them to go back. Then they're under Cyrus. Then under Darius. And so until today, they're still under the reign of the Gentiles to a certain extent. It's an interesting thing. So what are these 430 years? So people have struggled with what are these 430 years of judgment? So what you really need to do is you take the 430 years and you subtract the 70 Years. You got your paper and pencil out there? So you take the, 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 those is higher math. Ed Berman can even do this math right here. So you have 430 years minus 70 years gives you what? 
They're interested. Patrick's got a calculator out. He's cheating. Oh, he's doing notes on his phone. Okay, all right. I couldn't do that math without a calculator. So, All right, so what are these 360 years of judgment? What are they? If you take those 360 years, you, you, you try to put them into some kind of math that doesn't make sense in Jewish history. But you have to remember what God told them. He said, I'm going to judge you for 70 years. But if you don't respond to that, if you still go after false gods, if you don't do what I say, God said He was going to do something. How many of you believe God is going to do what He says He's going to do? So go to Leviticus chapter 26. Anybody having a revival yet? Okay, Leviticus chapter 26. Look at verse 18. Uh, let's, verse 14. Look at the paragraph mark there. Leviticus 26 and verse 14. But if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They, will, they that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. I want you to understand something. From the beginning of the diaspora, so if you, if you go to 70 A.D. when Jerusalem was destroyed, Jews have been wandering ever since. They wouldn't settle down. They wouldn't establish roots because they knew that very soon they were going to have to leave. That's what has happened for the entire Jewish history. All right? So now look at what it says. Verse 18, And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you. What's it say? seven times more for your sins. Look what it says in verse 21. And if ye walk contrary unto me and will not hearken unto me, I will bring, what's it say? Seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. Um, then look at verse 24. Then will I also walk contrary unto you and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. Um, if you drop down to verse 28. Then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury, and I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. So what's going to happen is God has told them there's going to be 430 years of judgment because of what you've done. So the desolations of Jerusalem, they went back and they built the walls, but they were torn down very quickly. When you go to Jerusalem... You know, they'll, you'll, you'll see these signs, you know, for the seven stations of the cross. And they'll say, this is where Jesus did this, or this is where Jesus did that. Then you go to another part of the city that's like 40 feet lower, and that's where the road was that Jesus walked. So somebody's lying to you about the one that's 40 feet above it. Because what they've done is that city has been destroyed, and they built over the rubble. Then it's destroyed, and they build over the rubble. Then it's destroyed, and they build over the rubble. That's, that's the history of Jerusalem. It's a cup of trembling, the Bible says. And that, that's, that's what it always is. 
And so these this um, desolations of Jerusalem, it was a 70-year period. But the people didn't behave properly. So now you have another 430 years. Or actually it would be another 360 years. But when you look in the history of Israel, it's not 360 years. It's seven times that. God pronounces the judgment in Ezekiel. They still don't respond. And so God gives them seven times those years. All right? And you're, you're going to see something that's just going to blow you away from the Bible. But before we do that, I want you to see, we talk about these, these principles of Bible interpretation. One of them is the principle of dual fulfillment. Principle of dual fulfillment. So here in Leviticus 26, we have the immediate fulfillment of God judging them seven times the amount that he said he was going to. But then you have a secondary, an ultimate fulfillment of this. All of these plagues that are spoken of are exactly what happens in Revelation with the seven trumpet judgments, the seven, uh, seven scroll judgments, the seven trumpet judgments, the seven vile judgments. Everything that God says is going to happen in Revelation was already told them in the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. He told them it was going to happen. Um, you can get my sermon, Why the uh, Tribulation? Why the Tribulation? And we go through all of those passages. But the immediate fulfillment of this is God's going to take those 360 years. So they did the judgment for 70 years. At the end of those 70 years they still do not repent. They go back to the land, but they don't do what they're supposed to do. So they get seven times the 360 years of judgment. You say, well, wait a minute. How in the world would that work? All right? So let's see if we can do some math here. So you take 360 and you multiply that by seven. If you multiply seven by 360... That gives you, let's see, 2,520 years. So if you take those 2,520 years and you put them on your calendar, you plug them in, you try and make it work, what you find is something very close to when the nation of Israel was established again in 1948. And then 19 years later, you have the 1967 war where they got Jerusalem back. But God never does anything kind of close. Let's see if God gives us anything by way of precision in this. All right. So I'm not going to take the time to go there. But the Bible, when the Bible uses months, and we can get this from Genesis with the ark, uh, with the, the Noah's Ark. Um, but when God talks about a month, it's a 30-day month. Okay? 30-day months. Now, we have some are 28 days, some are 31 days. In the Bible, God's always using a 30-day month. Okay? The other thing that we need to remember is we use what's called the Julian calendar, or the Gregorian calendar, I mean. And the Gregorian calendar is 365 days. The Jewish calendar had how many? 360 days. So isn't that interesting? 360 years, 360 days, 
You see how it all starts working. All these numbers are actually going to mean something. All right, so if we take that, those 2,520 years as 360 day years, all right, write this down. That is 907,200 days. 907,200. That's how many days on a 360-day calendar. On a 365-day calendar, all right, that's, that is 2,483 years, 2483, that's on our calendar. Nine months and 21 days. So 2,483 years, nine months, 21 days. All right. So if you do that math, it gets us really close to our dates. But what happened in 1582 was astronomers realized that there were too many days on the calendar. And so the, and, and the reason for that is the Julian year is 11 minutes, 10.46 seconds longer than the solar year. All right, so that's 11 minutes, 10 seconds, 10.46 seconds longer than the solar year. So in 1582, Pope Gregory, and he didn't do anything. They just put the name of the Pope on all of it, right? He made a decree that September 4th of 1582 would become September 14th. Because there were too many days. So that's how they made their calendar align, and then they continued it by giving leap years. When you have a leap year, every how many years is leap year? Every four years, but that still messes things up. You end up with too many. So every century is also a leap year unless it can be divided by four. Anybody, your head hurting yet? Okay. So when you do all that math and you make all of the allowances for the time, here's what you end up with. All right. So if you start 606 BC, oh, let me say this 70 years at 360 days, if you convert that to our 365 day calendar, it's 69 years less two days, okay? So now on our calendar, because we keep the dates on our calendar. So if you convert all of those dates to our calendar, you take out the leap years, you, you figure all of that out, here's what you end up with, all right? Let's see, if, let's see if I can get this for you. So the servitude of the nation was in 606 B.C., if you add 69 years to that, remember we're using our calendar, not 70 years, 69 years, all right? So if you add 69 years to that, you get to 537 B.C. 
So we know that July 23rd, 537 B.C., was when Cyrus released them from the servitude of the nations. So that is 537, seven months and 23 days. All right, we got that? So there's no year zero, so you, you add a one, so we can do our math. And then you have, so remember our conversion to our calendar, you have 2,483 years, nine months and 21 days. So if you take July 23rd, 15, I'm sorry, July 23rd, 537 B.C., and you add one day and then the 2,483 days, nine months, uh, years, nine months, 21 days, that takes you to the year 1948 on May 14th. That's the day Israel was established as a nation. The exact day. Anybody have any goosebumps? I've got goosebumps just saying it. What do you think happened 19 years later? So in 587 B.C., if you add 69 years to that, that's 518 B.C. And we know the date. It was August 16th, 518. That was the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem. So if you have 518, 8 months, and 16 days, all right? So remember, no year from B.C. to A.D., that's, so you have to add 1 right there for that math. Then, then you add our 2,483 years, 9 months, 21 days. That takes you to June 7th, 1967, the exact day of the Six-Day War when they retook Jerusalem. That's how precise your Bible is. So when you see on the 4 and 20th day of this month in the seventh reign or the seventh year of King so-and-so, those details are there for a reason. Can you imagine trying to do this with any other book in history? Isn't your Bible an amazing book? And so, on June 7th, 1967, as a result of the Six-Day War, Israel regained control of the old city for the first time since the time of Christ. So what are we seeing? Go to Luke 21. Okay, Olivet Discourse, Jesus Christ telling His disciples exactly what's going to happen. Verse 24, Luke 21, 24, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Times of the Gentiles haven't been fulfilled yet, but the desolations of Jerusalem have. Isn't it an amazing thing that they're back in the land? But do you know what hasn't happened yet? They don't have control of the Temple Mount. The Temple hasn't been rebuilt yet. Who's in control of the, the Temple Mount? The Palestinian Authority. 
So the times of the Gentiles isn't over yet. Do you see that? But the desolations of Jerusalem are. The walls can be rebuilt. I wonder if... And I don't, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just speculating. I wonder if the day that the United States Embassy was moved to Jerusalem, I wonder if that has a prophetic, a, a date of prophetic significance. It, I think it probably does. But it's just an amazing thing when you take the actual number of days from the date the Bible gives us. It's the exact day that God allowed Israel to, be come, back, to come back into existence. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much for your word. Lord, thank you for allowing us to study your word in this way.